This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. you. Welcome to I Saw What You Did, the bonus episode. My name is Millie. I'm Danielle. And uh, we're here to give you some chit chat, some clackety clack. What else? Some get to know a little bit about us, a little more about <laughs> us. Yeah. Um, our first bonus episode was about quarantine. And have you felt any better knowing that there is maybe a vaccine around the corner that maybe this could actually end. I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking about it. I do feel better, but I also feel the way I feel about being an early adopter of Apple products, which I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm always going to want to wait and see how this shakes out before I jump on board. So I'm psyched. Yeah. Like, I'm psyched that there's there's hope that one day things can get slightly back to normal. But I feel like it ain't happening anytime soon, guys. Like, still. You're still in a contract with your old virus. And you're going to wait at least six months for them to, like, get all the bugs out. And then you'll get it eventually. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. First note. Uh, Millie, I love your lipstick. Oh my god! I know it's so good. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Little hairband. <laughs> I have to talk about this because this is. I just bought this today. I sh this is shameful because essentially this is Kylie Jenner's <gasps> lip paint. Oh my! It's five. <laughs> I don't know, Danielle. It's like, like, do we need to make those women any more rich, any more I famous? Know. And I hate to say that because go, you go, girl. But I'm just saying, like. Mm -mm. Not for them. Here's a secret. Yeah. Here's a secret that I learned, though. The place where Kylie Jenner's makeup comes from is the same exact company that makes ColourPop, which is like $5 a fucking tube. Yes. That like British thing. Mm hmm. So if you want to just get that red in ColourPop, that might be the way to go. OK. But it yeah. looks great. So I will give her that. It does. It does. <laughs> it does look great. Thanks. So it's this this thing that comes in this like big box almost it's almost like there's too much of a box why do we need this big box it's like an old cd it's like why do we need this big packaging it's a matte lip stain and a pencil and so i'm like what this is the magic this is why this these 20 year old girls are like lined up around the corner to like buy this yeah we learned that in like 1995 yeah, but it's like, I thought it was going to be some like wicked, awesome, some kind of revolutionary shit. Yeah. And all it is, is essentially, they just, the instructions tell you, put on the lip pencil all over your lip and then cover it with the mat. That is like, legitimately the move I had in high school in 1992 <laughs> because they didn't make black lipstick. So I used black eyeliner. Yes. Like what? I could have been a billionaire off of that shit. I know. And listen, I have to tell you, if you're 
expecting like some kind of amazing technique it's not there like it's you're basically putting lip liner on before lipstick which is some shit that again you've done since the 90s so i feel swindled (laughs) i gotta be honest i mean i already went into it knowing it was like a problematic lip makeup situation with her um because i have no connection to her whatsoever i i had never even watched that show like i don't know that family at all except for what is being injected into our veins by the government but i'm just saying that like what what the hell it's not magic it's not magic and the one blight that i think i consider on my freelance writing career is that um i was asked to write about the kardashians once in a conversation with another writer and i said yes because i was like all right i've never watched this show like i'll watch the show and give it a shot and i kind of came out of it with this notion that like the show is actually kind of good. Like their family dynamic is different from like the public perception. So I sure. did kind of like the two, three episodes of the show that I watched. And they it was really fascinating to see like the business behind the the people. But I just it's a blight on my freelance writing career to me because it, I, <laughs> I just kept talking about like how feminist it was that they're running their own businesses and blah, blah, blah. And then I was just like, Danielle, come on, you know what a feminist is. And it's not this like, come on. Well, that that is so fascinating to me because I even just caught myself saying that. Right. Because I'm like, you know going women can start businesses of course yeah and i and i encourage them to and i buy from them often but there's a level where it's like okay it's too much of the market share or i don't know what i'm saying or i'm just sort of like now it's become a thing like it's marketplace feminism it's it's yes. it's a next level situation for them and first of all i'm also in this mindset of like i am a middle-aged woman i need to stop buying teenage makeup Right. That is more the point of where my (laughs) shame comes in whenever I try makeup and I'm like, this is clearly not for me. Yes. I mean, I've told myself, like, I need to move away from like the Glossiers and the Kylie. I mean, this is the first Kylie thing I've ever bought. And quite frankly, I don't know anything about her. So it's just kind of like, oh, um, her the cover of her makeup looks like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't really know anything else about it. (laughs) Um, <laughs> which is but, also already a sore point for you <laughs> already yeah I'm already I, I can't even believe that the packaging but anyway it's um I kind of told myself right I'm not quite at like Merle Norman makeup like I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not there maybe I'm not I'm not even like an Estee Lauder but I am also not a Glossier and so I'm kind of like where's my middle ground what is the middle ground is it Mac Mac always feels to me like you're going out and you're putting on Mac. That's not like it to me. It doesn't feel like a day to day makeup, but that's also because I don't know shit about makeup and I don't wear it every day. Yeah. See, that's a, that's the other thing. Mac for me feels very professional. And I mean, I have Mac makeup, but it, yeah, to me, it's like I don't really wear it every day. That's the thing about Glossier. I think that makes me. It appeals to me because it does seem very natural and fresh. Like that's kind of my vibe is that I yes. just want to look like glowy and awake and that's kind of it and then i'll do like a red lip if i'm just like wanting to be a little fancy but beyond that i'm not trying to do intricate eyes i just can't fucking contouring or anything like i'm not doing any of that shit and i like glossier for that exact reason as well because i feel like it's seems more natural and their products are not complicated it's like put this on your eyebrows put this on your you like just put this on (laughs) and i like that however i gotta say 
I'm deeply confused by this new trend in makeup where everyone looks sweaty. Like I thought <laughs> we were trying to avoid that. And I guess one person's glow is another person's sweat. But I'm looking at all these like fucking dewy faces and I'm like, you look like you're having a, a heat stroke. And I don't know yeah. that I, I, it's a trend, clearly, but it's not one I can get on board with because I've spent most of my life trying to not look like that as someone who sweats profusely on her own <laughs> without the help of a makeup to make her look that way. So most of the Glossier yeah. stuff I can't fuck with because I'm like, I don't want to look glossy. I just want to look like I'm awake a little bit more than I am. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, when you see people like who are extremely highlighted, I'm like, you just look like you've been sweating and you also just look kind of nuts. I mean, it's like to me, I, I don't want to look oily. No. And there's like a very fine line between that. And I, I don't know. But that's the thing is that I'm just sort of like I used to live near the Glossier store in L.A., the one that's in like off Melrose. And I would be like in line with like 12 year old girls. Yes. Trying to get this like freaking eyebrow wand. And I'm like, I feel this feels depraved. I should not be in line with these little girls. Like, well, I'm oh, a yeah. grown ass woman. I need to be at like the Laura Mercier store or like yeah. the Tata Harper place. Like, I don't need to be like with these girls that they're it's like if they're giving away like rainbow stickers with like cute little clouds as part of your purchase. I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of here. The first time I rolled up to the Glossier store, because I was going to order something online. And then I'm like, no, Danielle, be a little bit more environmentally thoughtful about this. There's a store right down the street. <laughs> and so I went on an innocuous Saturday afternoon at like one o'clock and I rolled up to the door and the line was legitimately down the street. And I walked up to the person who was like, you know, manning the door. And I'm like, is this is this for Glossier? And I actually called it Glossier. I'm like, is this for Glossier? And she's like, it's for Glossier. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, yeah, I messed that up right away. It's French. OK. And I looked at her and I was like, I just need boy brow. Can I go in there and get it? <laughs> like I have my own money. <laughs> I have my own card. Can I just and she let me get it because I was not. And now I'm like, all right, I'm never doing that again. So, yeah, <laughs> even if even post COVID, like I'm not lining, I will get everything I need from them online because I'm not standing in a line full of like very excited like tweens. Very excited tweens. And I also, I don't need the tote bag. Like, I don't need any of the stuff. I know. Oh, the tote bag, the makeup pouch or whatever that thing is. It comes in like that plastic thing. I'm just like, Even no, the I don't samples? Like, I can't do a sample now. Although I will say, like, when I go to Aesop, I, give me all the samples you want. Well, Aesop is a whole other, that's like, that is our safe space. I yeah. mean, honestly, like, you know, when you live in West Hollywood, all these stores are like within walking distance. There was an Aesop literally two blocks from where I lived that it was on my dog walking route and I was literally walking the dog every afternoon spending like $150. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why? And it's because it's like, oh, they, they, they get you with that like pump outside the door of the resurrection, which is my favorite scent, Ugh. the one that everybody loves. And they come in and everybody's like wearing linen. They're serving you know, tea. And they like, tea. And everyone's of this like mixed race, ethnicity, like, you know, 
So I'm like, oh, like we're the same. Like we're a global village. It's like a right? utopia when you walk in there. Yeah. Even though the one that you that, that because I've been to that one with you and that one is constantly under construction. Like and it still looks better than most of the stores I've ever seen. Like it's constantly just got walls missing and like insulation showing. And I'm just like, I swear to God. I thought that was the aesthetic. Like I was like, are they just they have you know what it's like they have plastic tarp yes. up as the walls like an ET or something. Like I'm just like, you know how like an ET where they the like the biohazard guys come through to look for ET and there's like plastic sh- tarp everywhere and I'm like, "Oh my god. Wait a minute. Is this cuz there was a moment where I thought, is this constantly under construction or is this the aesthetic in here. I thought the same thing until I walked in one day because here's how they get you also. Like they, they did the the sample and they have this spray stuff. It's like a deodorant and it smelled oh, yeah. so good. And I took it with me because I was my apartment that I lived in was in such an old building and it was like so run down and everything just smelled to me like mildew in my closet. So I'm like, I'm just going to take this. Out. And I would notice it when I traveled, like I would leave and get on the plane and be like, what's that smell? Oh, it's me. Gross. And so I got this spray deodorant <laughs> sample and then I went back in to get it because I liked it. I'm like, I'm going to buy the full bottle. And as I was entering the store, the woman said, pardon the construction. And I was like, you're the first person in like a year and a half of shopping here to even mention it. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I was supposed to read the Paris Review with like giant plastic tarps and sawdust everywhere. I was like, this is the vibe in here, I guess. I don't know why. <laughs> this is how it, oh, God, that is fucking great. I know. I love it. And I miss it. And I miss it. I miss it. But I feel like I don't know what the middle ground is for makeup companies. Because I remember I used to work at a mall, like in the 90s. And I worked at a coffee shop. So everyone in the mall came through and I got to meet everyone in all the stores. And this woman who worked at Macy's was always trying to get makeup on me. And she was like, just come by and come by the counter and come by. And she worked for uh, Shiseido. And I did go by one day and I'm like, this feels incredible. It is one product is more than a week's wages. Like you see where I work, right? You know that I'm a barista. And she, but it was like, (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is like what you get when you're like a fancy lady who's got it all going on. But even now I feel like that doesn't feel like a mid range brand to me. Yeah, I, it's hard to say. I mean, I definitely thought Clinique was a big thing back when I was like when I was in high school. Like if you could have Clinique makeup, it was like a big deal mm. because, you know, most of the time you were just getting wet wild stuff. So it's like, ooh, Clinique is like real high end. And but it also seemed to me that Clinique was for my people my mom's age, right. which now I'm my mom's age. So I'm kind of like, well. I don't know what is the mid-range, like the middle-aged makeup brand. I mean, because now there's there's the other thing, too, is that there's so many makeup brands now. Like when we were growing up, there really wasn't a lot. Maybelline, CoverGirl, May- Wet n' Wild, and then whatever Macy's was selling. Which was invariably was like Estee Lauder, Clinique. Mm-hmm. And um, Origins, is that one? Origins. <laughs> yeah, which are, they're still around. And... um. Lancome. Lancome. Yes, yes. Oh, the Lancome grift. I mean, for real, Those. <laughs> that was it. It was like eight companies and that was it. Now it's like there's so everyone has a makeup line. Everyone. And when you go into a place like Sephora or Ulta oh. or something and you're just like, oh, my God, what in the hell is going on? 
that it is that thing where you're like, I am literally just having to go off the branding because yeah. I don't know what any of this stuff is. And the branding to me is either like real high wattage. So like professional Mac, um, urban decay, like that kind of stuff, like real costumey. I mean, great. I love that kind of stuff. It's so fun, but it's not for, you know, like quarantine necessarily for me. Not, not a casual quarantine. <laughs> yeah, everybody. I know lots of people who are still doing like full faces and I'm like, but for me, I just want to do like a like a real simple thing. The makeup that I wear the most is probably NARS. That's mm. like the tinted moisturizer I wear. And it's a lot like I do a lot of NARS because then you are really spending a lot of money if you're going like, I mean, because then there's like stuff like the Marc Jacobs stuff. And yep, I don't know what to do <laughs> i don't know i mean maybe it's maybe is kylie jenner the mid-range is that like you're stuck with it i remember when i first when her makeup kind of first came out it was at the forever 21 or something in um the grove i think it was the forever 21 it was like one of those stores like the h&m mm-hmm. i think it was h&m like one of those like teeny girl stores and um there was a velvet rope around the section i mean granted this is the grove it's like they they're always be extra. over the top yeah yeah but there was a velvet rope and and you had to get in line because they were only letting like five people in at a time and this was literally in the middle of the store so it felt like a vip section for kylie jenner makeup that they were only letting certain people in and i waited in this stupid line just to like look i think i was with april so my my best friend april we at the time she was living in la and we were like let's go look at the kylie jenner makeup it was literally a bunch of like kids like it was preteens or teens and i was like do you feel weird about this (laughs) instantly out of place (laughs) there's like nirvana incesticide shirts hanging over like brand new ones like Oh, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that That is a defi- that is a line of demarcation moment in your life where you're like, oh, I'm seeing the T-shirts of the thing that I originally experienced. And I'm in line for makeup made by somebody who is 30 years younger than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Because we all grew up with women like this. I don't ever want to be the person who's so out of touch with looks and still trying every trend. Sure. You know, like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. And I mean, like, I... I'm I'm totally fine with aging. Yeah. I am okay with age appropriate clothing and age appropriate makeup. I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's harder because I think it is exciting to see what young girls have at their disposal in terms of fashion yeah. and style. And there's a moment where I kind of maybe forget and I'm like, "Oh, I could I got to go get that. Like I got to do that look." And then I'm like, "Actually, that looks fucking crazy on me and i can't and when i i look at myself in the mirror and i'm like oh and then the weirdest part is that they're all doing the shit that we do or did so then there's this moment where like you just look like me from high school you know what i mean like i still like there's still stuff that i like I like wearing flannels still to this day. I love flannels and i will fucking wear them clothes i still wear that i wore in high school oh wow like You're they're lucky. not and that's because I dressed 18 sizes too big when I was in high school. Oh sure, right, right. But I still have clothes that I wore in high school and that's the thing it's like I I developed a certain amount of comfort with my style at a very young age so I get it and I'm not as adventurous now as I used to be, but 
I don't want to be in most ways. Like I, the stuff that I wear that is accidentally on trend is because I've just been out of style for so long that it came back around. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> exactly right. Like that's how I feel, and that's all you right. Know? Like with the dad core and the mom core and all that stuff, where I was just sort of like, oh, this is just me right now. But there are some things that I feel like, all right, we've gone too far. Like the the dad sneaker. And the the high waisted like acid wash jean, legitimately only nerds wore that shit. Like we can't make yeah. everything cool. Well, right. I mean, everybody wants to dress like Seinfeld characters. Let's get serious. Everybody wants to be like Jerry Seinfeld and Elaine Bennis and shit. And I'm just sort of like, those were middle aged people. Exactly. That were not cool. I mean, they were cool because they were funny, I guess, to like a certain extent. But what Jerry Seinfeld wore on Seinfeld was not cool. It was just like. A normal dude. The quintessential normal dude. So that's kind of, I, I agree with you, but I feel like, you know, my, my quarantine face is, I mostly just care about my skin more than I do the makeup. And even that is a big leap for me. Like wearing moisturizer every day is a huge leap that happened over the last year. <laughs> I used to not wear it. I, used to, I mean, I've had it, but I'm like, eh, it's like I don't enjoy a, a skin routine. Like I don't like taking my time doing that kind of stuff. So if it's not something I can use in the shower, I'm probably going to forget to use it. So I guess you don't fuck with retinol. You're not a retinol. You're not on that train yet. I am you not You don't on... have to be, by the way, ever. Like, just seeing you right now, I'm just like, you don't have to worry about a goddamn thing for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I don't know what retinol is. I don't. I still don't know what a BB cream is. I don't know what <laughs> half of this shit know. is. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, what's the difference between the BB cream and the moisturizer? And is one going to make me look sweaty or not? And also, there's so many chemicals going on skin right now. I feel like everything that people talk about in regards to makeup is a like a hardcore chemical where they're like, let's do a glycolic peel at home. And I'm like, that sounds like some science fiction shit to me. It sounds yeah. like Hulk in the lab is going to turn into a monster in a minute because he put fucking glycolic whatever on his face. I don't I truly don't get it. I truly don't understand like the benefits of it. I don't understand why everyone is so comfortable with it. <laughs> like I do not I wash my face with sugar. Yeah. That is my skin scrub is sugar. I mean that's essentially what you would buy. That's yeah. like a that's what they sell is it's it's just olive oil and sugar, basically. Right. I don't know. <laughs> that's a scrub. That's a scrub. That's the scrub. And then if every once in a while, like legitimately every four or five months, I'll put like um some oils on my face. Like I have almond oil that I use in my hair, and I'll just like, all right, it's in my hair, it's also on my face. And I just put like a hot washcloth on it and it feels super moisturizing in the winter. I do it once in the in the winter. Once. That's it. That's yeah. all I do. That's all you need to. I mean, honestly, like less is more. Um, if you are lucky to have like a very natural old school skin routine, like now since quarantine, I only use witch hazel, which is nice. the thing that I remember my mom. I, there was like two things that I remember from my mom and, you know, my mom's from the Philippines, so she's looks amazing. Like she's always going to have amazing skin, but it's like she used Pond's cold cream. Yes. And witch hazel. Those were the only two things I remember from growing up and 
if you have the, some kind of real low maintenance thing that like completely works for you, stay because you don't want to be where I'm at. We're just like, I'm in the middle of a Sephora and I want to spend $5,000 and I don't know what to buy. You know, don't be like, I mean, that is not a pleasure for me as much as it is like, oh, consumerism is fun. It makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's like, yeah. I still know. feel like a mark when I walk into a Sephora. Oh, de- definitely. And and you don't don't you dare ask a person because they will tell you exactly what's wrong with you and what's not wrong with you. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. I asked once the last time I went to a Sephora and I went in and I said, um, I feel like you know, I, and I was very upfront, like I am I'm in my mid 40s. I'm approaching my mid 40s. I do not moisturize my skin at all. And I feel like I should start moisturizing my body beyond like the Vaseline pump I grew up with. (laughs) So like what kind of body moisturizer is good for like dry skin? This motherfucker showed me, just kept steering me around to products. Nothing was less than $100 a bottle. Yeah. Everything made promises like it'll wake you up in the morning. It'll give you a blowjob. Like it was just like the (laughs) promises were getting more and more heightened to the point where I'm like, am I in the middle of the movie The Game? Where like, I'm getting <laughs> super punked. It was uh, and I'm like, uh, to the point where I was so overwhelmed that I was genuinely like, you know what? Vaseline and the pump's OK. It's fine. Like, I don't need any of this. And everything sounded like a science experiment. I just I couldn't I couldn't go there. I'm such a fucking mark. Yeah. And they'll they'll come with they're like, hey, come and uh, get your skin tested with this like X-ray iron maiden thing that we have uh you know then we can just tell you look at all this crap that's under your skin you need to buy all this shit to like get it all out and you know i mean that to me is obviously like so crazy and i want to think oh i'm better than that like i know that i know the routine but there are moments where you do walk in those places to feel better about yourself and then if somebody tells you you look like shit you're like well what's gonna make me not look like shit and then i'll just plunk the credit cards out oh keel's got me on that the first month no maybe it was like a few like six months after i moved here and Kiehl's has always been my go-to for like, I'm going to get a face moisturizer. I'm going to do my hair. Like, it's just been such a great brand for me throughout my life. So I walked in just feeling like I'm going to get what I usually get. I'm just I'm just restocking. And the very nice young woman behind the counter said, have you checked your skin's dryness? Or like she was looking at the products I was buying and she's like, oh, we have this other thing. Have you checked your dryness levels? And I was like, not even close have I checked. Like, <laughs> not ever in life. Levels? Levels? What do you mean? Like, it's either dry or not, right? And so she's brought out this wand, and which now sounds horrific in the COVID world because she's probably rubbed it on 800 faces. But she brought out this wand and kind of rubbed it on my cheek and was like, oh, your skin's at about a six and it's normally a, a normal level is like an 18. And I looked at her and I'm like, we do live in a desert. So that's expected. I can just slap on some this moisturizer that I'm buying more than once a day if I need to. She's like, no, what you need to do is get this hydration gel and put this on underneath. Put it on first and then put on your moisturizer because your skin is really. And I did. I bought it. I bought it because she sold me on the fact she made it sound like. I was sitting in a beef jerky hydrator, like dehydrator all day, and I was going to shrivel up if I didn't use this stuff. And I was like, you know what? All right, I got it. And you know what it did? It made me look super fucking sweaty. Sweaty, of course. They they just don't 
they don't under truly understand when it happens. Like they'll, they can like at best sort of just sort of tell you that you'll get hydration, but they don't see that it makes you look like you've just run like the Boston marathon. Like it's just not. And to be complete, this is me. This is my assessment of what has made me actually look the best in my life. And that is quitting smoking and quitting drinking. Mm. <laughs> That's mm, it. Mm, mm, That's mm, it. It's like, it doesn't take any beauty product. I'm like, Hey, if you just like don't drink all the time and don't <laughs> smoke cigarettes, you'll look fucking amazing. You will have the youthful glow. You don't need fillers. You don't need collagen. It's just like quit drinking and smoking and get some sleep. That's it. This is the, this is the real deal. My skin started looking better when I started sleeping more and getting like not going to bed at 4am and waking up at seven for work. And when I started like all the stuff that they tell you, you need in your twenties, cause you're actually not taking care of yourself is what you actually need to do. Like if you just, like you said, get a good night's sleep, Drink enough water. It doesn't even have to be a ton of water. Just drink some water throughout the day. Get your eight hours in. Don't drink. Don't smoke. You're going to look like a cover model. Yeah. For the most part. It's the only thing. Yeah. It's the only thing that has. It's just like all that basic essential shit. Like, I mean, I, I it's so incredible, though, how how much I will chase (laughs) chase down the products in order. I'm like, the products are making me different. They're they're definitely although I will say Latisse is working. Latisse out there. <laughs> I love Latisse. It's the only chem- and that's a chemical that I'm putting right in my eyeball, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that tip. <laughs> you are so welcome. I went in so <laughs> listeners, just so you know, while we're both on the Latisse train, I went in for my annual eye exam, and I have this thing called blepharitis, which is like an inflammation of your eyelids and it causes your eyelashes to fall out. And it's just like basically the mites that we all have in our eyes. Mine work a little over time. So I'm constantly having to like wash my eyelids with tea tree oil soap and all this kind of stuff. But I don't have eyelashes like I haven't had eyelashes for years. (laughs) So I went into my optician or my optometrist and I was like, look, regardless of the astigmatism or whatever else I have going on, I used to have long curly eyelashes and I would like something again, even if they're not what they used to be. So she prescribed Latisse. And I was like, is this that Claridane shit? And it is. And it works. And it's basically she was going through the checklist and she's like, it might change the color of your eyes. And I'm like, my eyes are black. I don't give a fuck. And she was going through all this stuff. And I'm like, will it grow eyelashes? (laughs) And she's like, it will grow eyelashes. It was developed, I guess, for glaucoma patients. And they like they the eyelashes were like a side effect of this medicine they were trying to give people who had glaucoma. And I'm like, yeah, let's let's do it all. Let's try it. It's the one thing, the one point of vanity that I truly have because it's something that's missing and I feel like I need it back. So I, I started it. And within a week, those little spurts were starting to come out. And then within two weeks, I had like actual eyelashes again. And I still have to manage the blepharitis. You know, I still have to like do my wipes and everything. But I have eyelashes again. So my issue, again, like I've not, this is the, I've never done anything like this before in my life. Like I've never had a plastic surgery thing. I've never, I've never taken anything like that. No. Um. So I have a, I sleep on my face, which, 
you know, we've talked about, because when you told me about Latisse, like I also heard about Latisse via the Claire Danes commercials. <laughs> and, you know, as she is a a relic of our childhood, I was like, fucking Claire Danes is out here getting these eyelashes. Holy shit. One day when I got it like that, I'll I'll get those eyelashes, too. But I've always had fine eyelashes. Like my eyelashes are okay, but on my right side. So I sleep on my face and I kind of sleep at this angle where the pillow is like on my right eye. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I sleep like this. You just want to sleep with like a little eye patch. Like yeah, little... it's like a little, like I'm, you're not, you, none of you can see me right now, but it's like, take your hand and put it over your right eye. And that's kind of like how I sleep. Okay. So my eyebrows are sparser over on this side. I've had it mentioned to me literally by every threading woman that's ever looked at my eyebrows. She's like, you know that your right eyebrow is like, I'm like, yes, it's fucked up. I sleep on my face. I don't know how to not sleep this way. <laughs> like, do you know how I sleep? I face plant every day. <laughs> yeah, I do. I literally face plant and then I just wake up. So <laughs> give me a fucking break. Uh, work with me. Okay. So then I've noticed that what happens is now on my right eyelashes, they grow crisscross mm-hmm. because they're not, you know, obviously they're not growing straight. So if you look on the corner of my right eye, all the eyelashes, they're so irritating because when they grow crisscross, they just get irritated. My eyes are always watering. So I'm like, I basically have this like weird ingrown eyelash problem. Yes. And so because of that, I was like, essentially pulling out eyelashes yeah. because I'm like, I can't take it anymore. That's a blepharitis thing because when they grow back, they grow back at odd angles. And some of them grow straight down. So they're like right in your line of vision. And I was just plucking out eyelashes all day. Yeah, exactly. Amanda, we have the same thing. Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? I've never had, I never was diagnosed with that. But like now I'm like, shit, maybe I got this shit. I need to go. (laughs) But um, so essentially like this was, it was like my left eyelashes were totally great. Totally fine. But then the right ones looked jacked and it was patchy and all that shit so when you told me about latisse it all just clicked where i was like oh man i gotta get some latisse i gotta claire danes like it all was rushing back so i went to my dermatologist and basically was like can we work on this eyelash thing she's like okay fine and i so i've been using it for like a month and that shit is i'm like wow i can actually see growth there that's crazy to me i mean it's still has a ways to go i think but at the the same time i'm like wow like i can't believe shit works i I don't know why i thought it wouldn't but i'm like (laughs) me too too. it actually works this is cool it's a prescription yeah (laughs) i'm like why why it would never work on me and also like i keep getting um she gave me like a three-month prescription and and the bottle lasts a long time because you know i use it pretty much every day but some days i don't and um I keep getting called by my pharmacy and they're like, we have your prescription. Can you come get it? And I'm like, I'm not done with this one yet. And now they're starting to like threat. They're like, we will restock. We will reshelve this in seven days if you don't come get it. And I'm like, don't, <laughs> don't get threaten. your Latisse, bitch. <laughs> don't you threaten me with Latisse. I'm not afraid to let that shit go back on the shelf. I'll come get it another day. You still have to fill the order for me. Maybe fill it when I ask for it. How about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why are you trying to do this shit way in advance? Yeah. I don't need it right now. I just got on this eyelash game. Let's like calm it down. Fucking Walgreens. Chill. I know. I mean, honestly, I'm, su- I'm super excited because I'm like, yo, when this Latisse is over and we get a vaccine, 
these new eyelashes are going for a walk, bitch. I'm putting on like triple dipple bad gal lash. Like we're going out on the town with these new eyelashes. Can't catch me doing the crisscross shit anymore. It's going to be on. I'm going to get excited. a boom box and we're going to play that Diana Ross song. <laughs> I want the world to know. Yeah. <laughs> but people are going to be like, why are they blinking so much? And I'm like, have you seen the lash? Have you why seen does she the look- lash? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> why does she look like she's like being courted by Pepe Le Pew <laughs> from an old cartoon? <laughs> What's up with this woman? She's obsessed with flirting with her eyes. She smiles it all over the place. What's her problem? Check out the lash. That's what's up. No, I love that tip, though. I mean, quite honestly, like, I mean, to me, it is so interesting about quarantine makeup and sort of like, because right now I'm not wearing any makeup except for the stupid Kylie Jenner lipstick. But you I mean, great. Well, a lot of it, too, is uh, I'm sitting under a light, which I never realized is a thing. Right. Okay. here's how we do it. We get enough sleep. We we don't drink (laughs) and we carry an overhead lamp at all times. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the key is to just be lit. Um, I don't really know how or why. I mean, honestly, like it was that thing where I felt like such an idiot getting a ring light. Like when when quarantine first happened, like. One of my coworkers, Jacob, um, he's a producer over at TCM. He's like a young guy, like his like late twenties, early thirties. And I remember we were in a meeting, like real early in quarantine. And Jacob gets on this fucking Zoom call and he looks like he just got back from like fucking St. Bart. I'm like, where have you been? You're like super tan. You look super handsome. Like you just got a glow like where where did you just go somewhere like this pandemic just started and he was like it's a ring light dumbass and i'm like excuse me what and i was like okay so in order to look tan you have to get a ring light in order to look good on on the internet you have to get a ring light and then i was like taking my stupid 40 year old ass to best buy and i'm like uh what do uh vloggers use can i get something for that like and it was literally a vlogger kit that had a ring light and like it had like a a little shitty tripod and the moment i got one i was like now i understand i mean i understand i have no lighting (laughs) right now going on and all you see is shadows like it's just shadows all over my face so i think i'm also going to invest in one because it, it does make a difference right oh my god like and it's not I can't tell you it's not about vanity now. It's about like, oh, it just makes you look like you're not dying. Like, yeah. I'm like, you're not dying. Like your coworkers, will, you can come to the meeting and your coworkers are like, she isn't dying. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't have, you know, she's not like locked away in a cellar. She hasn't been kidnapped. She's not taking this meeting from under the table. <laughs> Buffalo uh, Bill from <laughs> Silence of the Lambs has not captured her. She look, looks okay. And so that's why I'm like, it doesn't even, to me now, it's just about like, okay, well, it's like turning a light on so that people can see you. It's that's not, exactly it. That's exactly know. it. They're like extremely cheap. I mean, I thought it was going to be this big undertaking. It's really cheap. It doesn't take a lot to light something and so i was like okay well so these are tips like i you know if i just like sleep don't smoke cigarettes stop drinking a lot and get a ring light i might have a shot i might have a shot at (laughs) continuing to live
<laughs> Otherwise, they finally were the world me. will accept me. <laughs> I was five seconds away from getting booted off planet Earth, but now <laughs> I have a chance. They were gonna throw me into a, a pit in Death Valley. Holy shit! Oh, those are minimal um, things we can do. Minimal. So I watched botched for the first time when I was in the hospital. Uh, when I was, I had a surgery a couple years ago, and I uh, was in the hospital for a couple weeks, and basically was like, "Hmm, I should watch this show about surgery." That's how you know you're on those like grade A drugs. Yeah, if you're in I was a on hospital, fentanyl, like yo. <laughs> This is triggering as fuck, but do I care? No. Uh, so <laughs> oh I watched Botch, which is essentially that show where people go into these two plastic surgeons and say, I fucked myself up beyond all recognition. and I need you to fix me. Right. Uh, a lot of like breast implant nightmares, a lot of like too much lip filler, broken noses, whatever. And it was funny because I like ne- I have not had like I said, I never had plastic surgery the idea of plastic surgery for me was always like something that rich people did. And so I was kind of like, well, I'll never even be able to afford plastic surgery anyway. So it doesn't really matter. But then now, and it's funny because after the Latisse situation, I was like, oh, Latisse is actually not as expensive as I thought. I mean, it's still like not cheap. It's a prescription You're and you don't, it's never covered by insurance. So it's like, you know, like a hundred bucks, but I'm just like, Huh. Well, would I ever get any other plastic surgery? Would I ever do okay. that? Latisse is not plastic surgery. It's not. It's not. I, I'm not equating the two. However, once you go down the road just a little bit, you're like, but what if I got like a couple pumps in my lip? Like, look at this upper lip. If I just got like two pumps. Just two pumps. <laughs> One here. I, I'm not saying I gotta go like full on duck bill, but like, if, look at this. If you just gave me a little bit of real estate, like right there, just so I don't have to, like I have no upper lip. That is a Filipino thing. Thank you, mom. But I'm just saying, if I got like two pumps, mm, look at that. That, cha- that changes a lot, right? Like, it looks like the wax lips. <laughs> I wouldn't touch these. The lower lip is fine. But if it's just like, just do a little lift right here. Oh, good. Hell Look, yeah. I'm always about, and I used to be very anti-plastic surgery and like, this is ridiculous. I don't want it for myself, but I also realize that we can't have it both ways where we grew up in a culture that continually tells people that they are fucked up looking and then not expect them to want to do something about it. So yeah. I get it. I get it. But I also feel like... I don't want you to have plastic surgery and go unbotched. But also, but it's, those stories are <laughs> fascinating to me because it's like, I can't watch that show for the most part because I can't watch surgeries happening. Yes. Like even in like watching all the things, the suction and like, I can't watch it. But the few episodes I've watched, I feel like some of the stories are just so tragic to me because it's clearly people who are like, we are trying to fix something that somebody else has told us is wrong with us. And that's always sad to me. But they always throw in a little humor one, which I tend to appreciate because it's usually like, I got my lips. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got my lips done and this fucked up like sidewalk plastic surgeon used concrete instead of filler. Yeah. Like those are kind, again, still tragic in their own way. 
but kind of more lighthearted when you know it can be fixed. Well, and yeah, and I think it's more that nobody's asking any questions (laughs) where I would be extremely nervous. I'm just that type of person where I'd just be like, wait, you're injecting what into my body? Uh, This is concrete from the ground like this is like stuff that you make a parking lot with like what the fuck are you doing i i feel like i would have a lot of anxiety about that but then there's just people out there who are just like cool like Like, just do it just do it in a way it's kind of like fascinating that show is interesting to me because it is like when you see the people who have had like multiple procedures like when you're like they just literally can't stop getting nose jobs I wonder how much money that's cost them and how do you ever think you're done? Here's what I can't help but think when I hear stories like that, that money would have been better spent on therapy, but it had better returns and spent a lot less. Yeah. Because there's it's something true. going on there where like therapy would be helpful for this thing, probably. I well, feel super judgmental, is, yeah, but you know I, what I mean? Like it's just. No, hard. totally. But this is also something that I know. Listen, I did not grow up hot. I did not. I was not hot ever. Like I was yeah. never hot. And this is don't trust me. You'd, I don't need you to tell me that I'm beautiful. I'm I'm cool. Like we're, I have my self-esteem is just fine. Exactly. But I, w- I was never like a hot chick. OK. And so there's this moment where I'm like, OK, well, I wasn't that. So I don't know what to compare. I always thought, well, I'll just hopefully just even out like i'll just be fine uh, as i get older or i'll get to a place of acceptance i'm never comparing myself to this like thing all the time exactly that is such a huge difference because i think a lot of plastic surgery is either maintain what i have and don't want to lose or bring me back to a certain moment in my timeline and i don't have that at all i'm like this is whatever's (laughs) happening now is great like i am all about (laughs) this this face that i have and i'm all about the body like it is all fine and because i've never been like that woman either and i think that um a friend of mine really made a good point because she finished watching The Undoing a couple weeks ago and she has a podcast called Everything is Fine. It's fantastic. It's a podcast for women over 40. But she made the point that Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman are only seven years apart. He's seven years older than her. His face looks like a wrinkled up towel and her she doesn't even have pores anymore. So it's like the difference in what men and, you know, the gender difference in what people have to do to maintain the way they look, I think that's where a lot of that pressure comes in and where a lot of the plastic surgery pressure comes in. And it's like, you know, you need some people really feel like the need to maintain a certain look or a certain level. Yeah, it's sad. And but it's that thing where I'm like, well, I'm aging. I am like, I can't. I mean, it's the thing where can't stand in line at the Glossier store anymore. Right. We're not 14 years old. And Every day I get a little less judgy about plastic surgery because I'm like, right. I know it's coming from some other thing and it's coming from something that I don't have in that way. But I, and there are actual moments, like I'm saying, there are actual moments where I'm like, yeah, what if I did get a couple pumps of this and a, some Botox for that, blah, 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 blah. Would I look better? Would I look different? It's fascinating. But at the end of the day, yeah, I'm, I, I think that. It gets so complicated when you get older. Like when you get older, you really start thinking, okay, like, are we cool still? 
Are you cool with this? Because what if we threw some like gray pubes in there? Are you still cool with this? Varicose veins? Are you ready? Like, let's go. That first gray pube is just a (laughs) shocker. Nobody needs that. It is. There should be support group set up for that shit. It is a shocker. Gray hairs on my head, fine. A gray, a, an errant gray eye eyebrow, I can deal. The first gray pube, I'm like, oh god, my body is done. Like my my life is shutting down. Oh my god, our friend Shalewa Sharp, who is this amazing comic from New York, I've known her for a very long time because we grew up in Atlanta together. But um, she has this I think it's a joke I want to say she made it into a bit she definitely has talked about it like amongst her pals about when she found her first gray pube and it's like it was that thing where you're just sort of like holy shit like wow it's <laughs> like, a new this level is a different era <laughs> it is looking at your body from the outside in in a way that you never have because also yeah. i gotta say hot on the heels of the gray pube is the gray chin hair oh yeah <laughs> you have about three minutes to adjust to those black sudden surprising thick ass hairs coming out of your chin and then the next week it's like oh and now they're all gray And you look like a fucking (laughs) wizard and you're like, what is happening right now? It is a rough transition. That is that is something I still cannot. When I see the gray, the gray chin hairs, I don't have enough time in the day to put all the the, the energy that I want to into thinking about that. What about ear hair? That's my thing where I was like, oh, man, inside (laughs) the ear because I'm not there yet. Oh, yeah. Inside the ear. I can only show it to you, and this is not a visual medium, but it's basically, it's it's outside, but I saw one on the inside, mm-hmm. like right at the entrance to the cave. Let's yep. just say that. And I was like, I'm going to freak out right now. <laughs> like, what is happening? You go catatonic. <laughs> I, I was like, do I need one of these ear hair razor things that, the sharper image probably oh, makes God. like because it's for old men. Oh my God. You, I they've was... got the tools. But it is oh. a sh- no one emotionally prepares us for those moments. And that is not something to take lightly, where you're like, my body is doing things that I cannot control in a very disconcerting way. That is not right. It doesn't feel awesome. I'm not about it. That is again, and it's not even it's it's barely a vanity thing. It's more like I don't understand that this is the moment where this is. I I expected this so many years later, like so many more. I had thought I had so much more time. (laughs) I just thought I had more time. And that's what (laughs) freaks me out every time it happens, because I'm like, oh, no, I'm knocking on the door of menopause. That's right. It's coming. And I asked my grandmother because I know it's sometimes like it's very genetic in terms of when you get it and how it goes. And I asked my grandma, like, you know, what was menopause like for you? And she was like, well, you know, I got hot for like a year and, you know, then it was done. But she was sure to throw in. But I've had kids, so it'll be different for you. Yeah. And doctors also love to do that where it's like, you didn't use your uterus, so you're going to have some fucked up shit happening later in life. And I'm like, or not, maybe not. <laughs> like Maybe it'll be fine. And I'll just have the, the fucking gray wizard chin hairs to deal with. And you'll give me some goddamn drugs for the rest of it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> give me some goddamn mugwort or whatever and let me get on with my day 
Like, stop condemning my uterus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I say, like, I say these things now, but it, it, it is like, well, it's just a wait and see. It's a wait and see game because quite honestly, like there are moments where I do catch myself being like, oh, I, I'm old today. Like I have the old walk today. Oh yeah. I got out of the wrong side of bed or I simply just got up, you know, like I just getting up and I'm like, oh, yes. I have the old lady walk where I'm just like hunched over and I'm like, you know, oh, and it's time to go put on my like giant shoes and go for like a little walk in in the neighborhood yeah you catch yourself in these moments but then i'm like i'm a cool young person still right too like i have a podcast that's a young person thing i know how to do my (laughs) voicemail that still makes me young right (laughs) it's like i'm still showing my parents how to use an apple tv like i i'm young baby i mean i feel the same way i also feel that way whenever i consider getting another cat because I'm like, oh, I love Carrot so much. Maybe he wants a little friend. And then I have to stop myself and think, like, you're single and you are lonely. And if you get a second cat, is that just like you're condemning yourself to that life? Like, you can't have I can't get another cat until I have sex again at least one more time. Because <laughs> I will feel like the most aged person <laughs> if I'm like, I'm collecting cats and I'm just the gray pubes and the gray every like I, but I'm collecting cats like I can't collect cats until I have sex again it is it is such a thin line between should I get the second cat to like your full-on gray gardens where you're like feeding raccoons out of the pots and pans in your kitchen it comes out of nowhere just wandered into the house yeah it's yeah. It comes at you fast. And I'm in an apartment, so I can't be living that raccoon life just yet. No, you will definitely be my neighbor. That's like, you know, essentially screaming at animals all day and night. And you just hear that you hear the dry food just hit the floor and you're like, fuck. (laughs) It's on, baby. This bitch is getting wild tonight. You know what's exciting, though, now that we got Latisse? Gray eyelashes. I'm ready for it. Hey. Newspapers are growing thick, long and gray. Bring them on. I'm here for it all day. And we'll go to Glossier and be like, gray lashes. What's up? Give me some of that stuff that you got, whatever it's called. <laughs> Give me your eye, your eyelash wax. And they'll be like, ma'am, we haven't sold that here in 45 <laughs> years. And you're like, give it to me. And in about five years, gray lashes will be a total thing. And you're going to have to sit there and be happy with the fact that you're a fucking natural pioneer. And everybody's just trying to ape your style. That's I already it. feel that way with the gray hair. I'm like, I, you, I used to hear, I don't know if you're, if you grew up with this with your parents, but like my grandmother never dyed her hair and would always say like, I earned my gray hair. Like I earned every one of these. And I was like, all right, lady, calm down. I'm not challenging you. But now <laughs> I get it where I'm like, when I see a new gray hair and I'm like, yeah, like I had to wait until I was like old enough to deal with taxes and fucking like I got like being audited or like <laughs> like this is like a moment that I have earned. So when people intentionally dye their hair gray, I'm like, that's a cute aesthetic, but don't come for me. <laughs> like there's yeah. a whole other lifestyle that goes with that, that you are not privy to yet. The thing about gray hair that these young ladies and men who are dying their hair gray don't know is that Actual gray hair has the texture of like any hair you've ever seen in your life. And 
it'll make you think twice. Like you have, oh, perfect, that like perfect model gray hair. I'm like, nah, this shit comes in all like it's like a old mattress on the side of the road. Like this yeah. shit is not silky smooth done at a salon. No, a gray hair, one, a single gray hair has the thickness and the texture of like a an old Grecian fishing net. <laughs> Like there is nothing so like you have to use all different products when you have actual gray hair because it is stronger than Coco Beware. It's stronger than any wrestler you've ever met. And it's thicker than any rope you've ever seen. And it is unruly. It's not fun. And I have been like every every gray hair that comes out. It's like, do I pluck or not? Do I take this out or do I keep it? And the biggest issue, it's not the color, it's the texture. The texture mm-hmm. is what fucking flips me out because I'm sitting here going like, it doesn't stay down with the rest of the hair. It just ping. It's like literally just sticking up like goddamn Albert Einstein. And I'm just like, if it would just tame itself like everything else, then we're great. But it's not. Gray hairs are like, they're like the surly teenager leaning against the wall, smoking a cigarette. Like, I'll come in when I say, when I'm ready to come in. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not on your time. Like, they're not. Bitch, I don't know. <laughs> my, my break's not over till I'm done with, with what I need to do. And you're like, all right, I just want to comb my hair and put it in a ponytail. And they're like, not today. Not today, motherfucker. Not today, motherfucker. Yeah, it's real bad. And I I don't know. I'm trying to be at peace. I'm trying to be at peace. But this shit tests me, man. These hairs test me. I'm excited about. And again, you got to find your moments of excitement when these things. And I'm excited about my unruly gray hair. I mean, I really feel like, you know, my my wizard whiskers. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a point where I can just look truly wild and be okay with it. Like there, there's a point coming where comfort is going to be exceeded by wild wildness and it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, when it, when it all boils down to it, the earth will be so ravaged by the effects of climate change that it won't even matter what you look like. Your main operative is to not get burned by the 145 degree weather that is outside of your door. <laughs> and there ain't no like, Kylie Jenner lipstick's going to help with that. No one's going to look cute. <laughs> You're going to be putting the earth is on fire. Motor oil on your lips just to keep them from chapping off your face at that point. <laughs> We're going to be buffing sores off of our bodies. So it doesn't matter. No one's going to look fucking cute. Everyone's going to look old as fuck. And we're just going to have to get used to it. So I'm ready. (laughs) Me too. This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Lauren Elizabeth Brown. Our engineer is Annalise Nelson. Our social media assistant is Taryn Matza. Our theme songs by Tom Bryfogle. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstark, Karen Kilgariff, and Danielle Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at iSawPod. And please listen, subscribe, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. 